0: Well, efforts are underway to help make marae more resilient to cope in major weather events and future climate emergencies. With the havoc wreaked by Cyclone Gabrielle throughout the North Island, communities immediately looked to their local marae for refuge and support. Some were able to offer that in abundance, while others were themselves badly affected and damaged by the weather event. Previous research from 2021 showed that a total of 191 marae across the country are within one kilometre of the coastline. Of those, 41 are exposed to coastal flooding during a one-in-100-year storm. In new research, as part of his honours project, engineering student Duncan MacDonald and a fellow student looked into the capacity of marae to be focal points during disasters, He's now finished university. He's about to head overseas, but he said that there's been much more that can be done to help make marae more resilient in weather events. Kia ora, Duncan, welcome.
1: Good morning, Catherine. Nice to be here.
0: We know this is a real issue within Te Ao Māori, um, the you know much beloved marae and the question of retreat, question of retreat from Fenua, where marae have stood for for many many years. It's a subject we've discussed specifically. How have you come, as an engineering graduate, how have you come at the question of resilience for marae?
1: Yeah, it's a really interesting one. And like you say, there's a lot of marae around the country which are impacted. We came at it um, starting in early last year in the wake of of some of that discussion around what marae should do and what the role for marae should be. So we actually started by upskilling in that area and and looking at trying to understand some of those values there. Kotahitanga, tanga, whānau and Manakitanga, and what sort of create a, a sense of responsibility for, for that hapū and hapū group. And then we looked at um, just asking them the question of, of what do you guys need next, where do you feel like you're lacking and what do you feel like your goals are and, and actually that created uh, some interesting research opportunities simply because there isn't really a good understanding of what community shelters are often trying to actually achieve. It's really hard to say a a concrete number on toilets, food, water, uh, what have you, without having a specific knowledge within that space, and that's something that's kind of lacking in in New Zealand.
0: So were you coming at this from the perspective of engineering resilience for uh, physical structures, or were you coming at it from the perspective of the role that marae do and will always play in emergencies? Just give us a bit more detail on the brief.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I would say in uh, that note, actually, it's a combination of both. So we looked at some things to do with the system, the planning and the approach for how the Marae wanted to deal with this. Um, nominated target was 1,000 people over three days to, to come and shelter. But we also looked at some of the physical and, and infrastructure details at the Marae and how we might upgrade that to sort of an international standard or, or kind of a, a best yeah, be, best case
0: and the purpose was what? That, that, that um, assisting Marae with this, or indeed insisting, um, assisting them with cases for um, perhaps funding support for this, given the, 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 the vital role in emergencies that this would play, what, what was the end goal of the work you were doing with them, Duncan?
1: Yeah, so we've been working throughout the year with the HAPU and and the the first question and the real difficulty that they were having early in the year is sort of where do we even start? So they thought they were in a reasonably good place. They regularly hosted some large groups through some of the the events which had occurred over the past, not just Gabrielle, but if you look further back and even some of the tsunami warnings uh, earlier on or some of the flooding in, in previous years. Um, and they had a lot of anxiety around what happens next. They felt like they were sort of scrambling in, in these scenarios but they didn't really know why because they thought they had you know, reasonably good and, and up-to-date planning and they had a lot of development and changes going on at the Mirai in general in terms of new um, abolition blocks, new sleeping areas, upgrades to existing buildings and wanted to look at how they might incorporate some of the, the disaster-specific measures into some of those more general general upgrades. So we tried to sort of scope some of the the next steps for the the hapu and the marae, and as well we decided we wanted to provide them a bit of an assessment of how they're doing at the moment. And,
0: I mean and One assessment. very obvious example, and we had this all around the motu, uh, well all around the affected parts of the country anyway during Gabrielle, was communications were down and they were down for a long time. So it could be something as simple as having Starlink access here.
1: Yeah? Yeah, yeah, Starlink's a really good one and that's actually formed one of our key recommendations. Um, but Communication is a really interesting one, and we could just dive into that. There's a number of other kind of things which might not be so um, obvious within communication. Communicating to the outside is really important, but also just having one person to receive and, and process and, and record that information, so a communications officer, that's a really important role. So we sort of suggested, okay, we should define this through the planning. And then you look at how we're we going to transmit that message around the 1,000 the people who may not all... You know, necessarily speak English, or may not all be familiar with the systems and and processes in place. So, things like installing a speaker system and having the ability to write some temporary signage and put that up, or a notice board, that's actually really important stuff, and that's stuff that we need to identify in our planning so we can can work and use that in the disaster.
0: With whom did you work? Did you work with a couple of marae in particular on a, on, a, on a project?
1: Uh, we worked specifically with Opiki, Marae and Apotiki and, and went down there um, and did a site visit. But there is some wider work through uh, the university to assess the disaster relief capacity and kind of get a more detailed inventory of, of all Marae in, in the country. And so that'll help shape some of the next steps, I hope, for this research.
0: Some of this also is about um, Marae tikanga, Marae leadership and interacting with uh, government institutions, yes, I'm sure. <laughs> I don't need to lecture any Maori on the realities of that, but was this another factor in making sure that um, that systems would talk to each other?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's a big thing. Um, working out how do we actually plug in. Um, I would just highlight on that that it's not just a New Zealand challenge; it's actually a worldwide challenge. How do you sort of enable and support really good uh, community driven? disaster shelter, but how do you do that in a way that you don't sort of come in as the government and, and roll over the top of it and, and pu- push your own thing on something and, and onto a community where that might not actually be the best approach? So it's an international kind of question mark, and um, we don't necessarily have an answer, but, but we have identified that it is going to be important in some way to sort of to get uh, either a formal designation or, or the equivalent in, in that community so that people know and people are aware and, and really the, the, what you looked to gain from government is both the funding and the recognition as sort of a genuine and, and safe thing in the communication alongside that.
0: What we did learn during, Gabrielle, and I remember in Northland in particular, uh, again, all over the affected districts, but in Northland, just about everything that was happening uh, by means of civil defence response was built around the marae and, and, uh, and, and communication. So actually the learning, there's a lot of learning that needs to come out and be shared Um, more broadly, from uh, the length of experience that many have had already. Um, I did mention, however, stories we've done previously about how many marae will be affected in time by climate, directly affected by um, the impacts of climate. Did part of your project look at physical resilience as well? Structural, physical, structural resilience
1: yeah, yeah, we, we definitely looked at, at identifying some key key metrics through which we can sort of assess buildings. It, it does become a little bit difficult in terms of Marae and around some of the consent in there because the obvious checks uh, internationally are just to do with the, the kind of consent and the, the local standards there. But if you look at a lot of Marae, a lot of them are, are historic and, and older buildings which might not necessarily meet those standards. So it does become a bit of um, give and take in terms of how can we sort of accept this or or how can we kind of classify this. Um, So in the example of OPECI, the the only thing that we did recommend on that, aside from the sort of the ventilation and uh, adding fire extinguishers, those sorts of plug-in things, um, there was a comment here around insulation. Um, as well so that's sort of your physical buildings we just need a couple of things to sort of set them up to like what you might expect from a more modern hall or house and then in terms of the site itself we're actually quite lucky down there that uh Whare Nui's been there for a hundred years on that site so the sort of local knowledge tells us it really is quite safe from a bit of that climate related stuff and it's quite high up as well so that gives us a bit of breathing room for flooding.
0: Do you believe your findings have wider implications or, or
1: applications, Duncan? Yeah, I hope so. Um, the final sort of piece uh, which we put together was a bit of a checklist and, and kind of guide, um, but definitely in our in our final conclusions and recommendations, we, we have identified that there is a kind of a wider application for this research, and it would be really interesting to sort of test uh, other marae against the criteria that we've proposed and actually see if it is is appropriate and see how sort of flexible and, and versatile that is. But I think, at least in the case of OPEC, providing some, some next steps has been really rewarding and I'm, I'm really happy that we've been able to do at least that small piece of help.
0: Yeah, me he knew he, Duncan MacDonald, who is an engineering student, he's just finished his Bachelor of Engineering degree at the University of Auckland and is now heading overseas, I think. He did this uh, work with the cooperation, of course, uh, of uh, the marae, that very generously uh, agreed to get involved Wupeki and also a fellow student.